Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Hearts of Man. This is episode 22. Let's talk about sex. I know I got your attention. Well, let's talk about sex in a hyper-sexualized culture and what it means for us as men to have a healthy view and a healthy expression of sexuality in our lives. This is what we're going to be talking about today, and I'm glad that you are joining us. Well, in today's episode, if you haven't noticed yet, your sexuality is under assault more now than ever before. And I think it's really, really relevant, actually, because this is a podcast that is for men. And it's incredibly important to talk about sex, to talk about our sexuality, to talk about our experiences with that, expressing that, what is healthy sexuality in a culture filled with unhealthy expressions and unhealthy experiences. And what in the world does sex have to do with God and God have to do with sex? And what does it mean to be an authentic man walking out a true identity in regards to our sexuality? Incredibly important, relevant topic that unfortunately, most of you, if you've grown up in church, you have not seen this demonstrated well in talking about sexuality and talking about the dangers of sexuality in a hypersexual culture. Um of talking about faith and sexuality, of talking about something that is incredibly important to the core of our being and the way that we're created. So I want to start off by saying that God is actually the one that created sex. Aha, there you go. Most of you know that, but maybe some of you didn't, that God, your creator, is actually the author and the creator of sex. So in other words, God created sex, the enjoyment of sex, the pleasure of sex, not just for procreation. Yeah, big part of it, be fruitful and multiply, right? Genesis 1, a big part of Adam and Eve's assignment was to procreate, to have kids, to fill the earth, subdue it, multiply it. And But he also put an aspect of pleasure and enjoyment You know, he could have made sex any way he wanted. Hey, push this button and baby pops out, right? Hey, do this or that, and there's no pleasure involved. There's no enjoyment involved. It's simply just have the kid. (laughs) But that's not the way that he designed it. And it really leads us to ask the question, why did God add the aspect of pleasure, the aspect of enjoyment um, to this experience of of sex or sexuality or of intercourse. And I am no sex therapist, nor am I an expert, but I am a man. And I know what most ladies think about men, that they're just sexual beings. All they think about is sex. And even though there's some truth to that, it's not entirely true. And I also know that most of us, that many of us, have had a lot of baggage when it comes to our sexuality, whether that is pornography or homosexuality 
or thoughts that have been incredibly damaging of the way you think about your sexuality or the way you've experienced that with others. And so I know because of the culture that we have grown up in, the the playboy, the reality of Hollywood, the reality of what most of us have seen or experienced since being younger than 10 years of age or in our teenage years. And therefore, it's really important to actually talk about this in an open way, in a way that actually glorifies God, in a way that actually uh, we can experience and the redemption of our sexuality, the redemption in our, in our marriages, um, in our relationships. If you're a single man and how you handle that, how you handle your sexuality in a culture that says have sex with anybody and everybody, it doesn't matter if you feel like it, do it. Um, all of that stuff is really, really important to talk about. So in my experience as a little young eight-year-old boy being exposed to pornography, being exposed to sexuality in a way that I wasn't prepared for, in a way that I wasn't um, taught, you know, what to do with it. And so my initial experience uh, with seeing images was incredibly revealing, incredibly, um, you know, I wouldn't say damaging right away, but it definitely became that way because my mind became tainted and distracted. And what I experienced first glance at first hand was the culture's understanding or the culture's um, revealing of, of sex and sexuality and pornography and the glamour associated with it, the Hollywood version, the, uh, all of those things. And so um, women being sex objects and men dominating women in that way. And so um, my experience of my own sexuality was, well, I guess this is just what boys do. This is just what they're supposed to do is to act this out and, and, and one day be able to, to do these things that I'm seeing on the screen and did not have any understanding of healthy sexuality, of being taught that sex is of God and there's a purpose for it and it fits beautifully in the covenant of marriage. And so I guess my parents just thought that, hey, you know, the birds and the bees, he'll learn it sooner or later. And for whatever reason, they didn't think it was important to actually talk to their kids about the dangers of living in a culture, of uh, the dangers of sexuality. If it's not rightly bridled, if it's not rightly controlled, if it's not rightly managed and dealt with in our lives and what that can do, what that can produce. Um, so I had to kind of stumble through and really it wasn't until my later teenage years that I began to realize that there is a purity, there is a holiness to sex and to the purpose of sex as I began um, 
to go through a process of really giving my heart uh, to Jesus, of really um, reading the Bible and understanding even uh, the the purpose of sexuality and um, what that was created for. And so I think it's significant because I know that majority of men statistically and even a lot of women um, struggle with, uh, with pornography and struggle with um, the challenge of talking about it, the challenge of being open about is this right or wrong and i think that it affects a lot of us if you're married if you've been married for a while and you've experienced sex in a marriage context um you know what about it has been really good for you and then what about it has been hard or what about it has been really challenging and even the the reality that i was not fully prepared um, even going into marriage, to know how to handle this this beautiful thing, this beautiful gift which God had created, of the best way to vulnerably and safely steward this thing with another human being, and yeah, again, sometimes we just think that well, it's instinct, it's just something that we just will figure out. But the truth is, like any other aspect of relationship, it's learned. And the most enjoyable sex in the context of covenant marriage is learned over a time, over a period of time of developing vulnerability, developing trust, developing safety, developing all of the dynamics that that are required for a healthy marriage, right? And so really... To talk about healthy sex means to talk about healthy marriage because that's the only context, at least biblically speaking. Again, I'm coming coming from a a biblical worldview. I'm coming from uh, the understanding that God created sex and He created marriage and He created this to fit in the context of marriage, in the context of commitment. And so, even as I'm looking at the ring on my finger, which is a beautiful ring that my my wife had made for me it um is three strands braided together representing you know a a cord of three strands cannot easily be broken myself my wife and god in the middle of it and so um i think that it's crucial because a lot of us have dealt with a lot of shame we've dealt with a lot of guilt related to our sexuality or the things that we've done uh, the experiences or the experimentation, um, even a lot of boys when they're in that pre-puberty stage have experienced things with other boys that they wouldn't necessarily have considered uh, homosexual. They wouldn't necessarily have considered an attraction to the same sex. But when you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, you are experiencing and experimenting with your sexuality, with those feelings that you're feeling, and you can't necessarily act it out with other girls in that context. And so um, it becomes something that you, yeah, you do with your friends or whatever. Um, and I didn't realize that this was more a normality than what I thought because I had a lot of shame from things that I had done, from experiences that I have had, 
as a young 9, 10, 11, 12 year old um, acting out some of the things that I was even seeing on the screen because I didn't know any differently per se. Nobody told me. My, my mom, my dad did not warn me of the dangers of this. And so I was sort of blindly and being deceived, I think, by the enemy who is the the one who perverts and the one who twists. Anything that God makes is good. You know, Satan is right there to twist it, to manipulate it, to change it, uh, to make it something that ultimately will will bring ruin or ultimately will will damage us, even if we don't see it that way initially. And so um, clearly in my own life, there were definitely things that I experienced that were damaging, that were hurtful. And it wouldn't be until years later that I could talk about those things uh, in a way that would actually help someone else or help other people in what they have experienced. And so um, increasingly, we're living in a culture where it's not uncommon for 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds to have sex, you know, sixth graders, seventh graders, uh, or to be experimenting in homosexual relationships where young girls are more and more connecting with being a lesbian or young boys are more and more connecting with being gay. And so it's very confusing and it's very frustrating, I think. And I think at the same time, incredibly important to talk about this in the church as leaders and as, um, as pastors because the truth is, is that a lot of people in our congregations are sexually broken, are experiencing sexual dysfunction in their own marriages, in their own relationships, and maybe they don't have a place to talk about it. They don't have a place where they freely can talk about the issues that they're dealing with. And um, so what is your experience with your sexuality? And if you could think back on some of you maybe have had no experience and you were taught and you had a father maybe that came alongside you and warned you of the dangers of masturbation, of pornography, of, of all of these things. And so you were able because of that to have a proper relationship with sexuality, with your own sexuality. You know, in other words, you were taught, hey, don't don't awaken that desire until until it's ready to be in a covenant relationship. And so how do you then manage, you know, those hormones? How do you manage, you know, um, those feelings? And how are you, were you, um, yeah, how, how are you taught um, what to do with the attraction towards the opposite sex? You know, when you saw a beautiful girl or a beautiful woman um, who is scantily dressed and, what to do with that. Um, you know, God created us with desire. He created us to be attracted to beauty. He created us specifically to be attracted to women, to have a sexual attraction, a physical chemistry attraction uh, to the opposite sex. That is absolutely of God. That's your creator, the one that designed your body, the one that designed it, every aspect about you. He put those hormones in there, okay? <laughs> and so I think it's really, really good because um, when I realized that I could talk openly to God about this, about my sexuality and without shame, you know, 
um, what's the first thing that happened, you know, after Adam and Eve were created and they had total freedom, they had total connection with God. There was nothing in the way they were naked and they were not ashamed, but when they sinned and when they disobeyed, the first thing they did was they, they hid, right? And they wanted to hide from God because now all of a sudden they experienced shame and guilt and they needed to be covered. You know, it actually says that God covered them. He covered their nakedness. I find that interesting. You know, they were born into this world. They were created. They were not born. They were actually created. God created Adam and then out of Adam's side, he created Eve and so they were created naked and unashamed, naked and unashamed into the world. But then as sin entered the world, shame and guilt and all of these things also entered. And so I think it's important to understand that. Um, and we as men, we want to have a healthy relationship with our sexuality. We want to have a healthy relationship, uh, especially in marriage, with how to protect and how to nurture and how to grow both the responsibility, the pleasure, the aspect of having children and that part of sex, and uh, most importantly, the the whole picture, the whole enchilada of what does it mean to have a healthy marriage? Because um, to have healthy sexuality, to have a healthy experience with sex in a covenant relationship, it means that all of these other dynamics are going to be in place. The way that you pursue your wife, the way that you love her, the way that you do the dishes, the way that you serve her, all of those things must be in place in order to experience in a healthy way sexual intercourse and sexual foreplay and sexual, you know, all of those dynamics, right? Where a man and a woman can get naked together and get in bed and actually enjoy one another. Doesn't just happen without the other things in place. It doesn't just happen on its own. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of vulnerability, a lot of openness and communication with one another. This is what marriage is all about. And so sex is a important part of marriage. It's not the only part. And a lot of guys think that, man, I just can't wait to get married and have all the sex in the world. Well, guys, it's not exactly just how it happens. If you're single and you're not yet married, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's not the way it's going to happen. And the other thing is, if you struggle with pornography or if you have an addiction to pornography now and you think that by just getting married, it's going to go away. Well, let me break it to you as well, that it will not go away. And if sometimes it will actually get worse when you're married. And so um, I'd love to talk to you more about that. If you're single and you're local and you're someone who knows me or you don't, you can reach out to me and I'd love to help you understand um, how in your singleness, because your singleness is actually how you handle sexuality as a single man is crucial to how you handle sexuality as a married man. And so the things that you do now to control yourself, the things you do now to rightly steward pleasure in that area are going to be critical to actually having a, a healthy experience of sexual pleasure in marriage. They're, they're totally connected. They cannot be separated. 
And um, so this this uh, this this particular episode really is relevant to to an eighteen year old, um, you know, who is a freshman in college, who is single, and all of a sudden is surrounded by all these beautiful girls around him, and uh, you're wondering which one of them is going to be your 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 wife. And, uh, you're also, or you're struggling to get a girlfriend, you're struggling to, to know how that's all going to happen. And you know that you're, you have that burning desire, um, you're attracted to women and you ultimately are created, um, for sex and ultimately your body is, is designed and created to, to have sex. And so it's very difficult to, um, sometimes have to control and uh, sort of uh, corral those those feelings, because um, you you live in a world that they are completely loose and completely free, and there is no corralling, there is no sort of fencing this in, right? Um, and then, uh, so basically, most of us have been exposed to or have grown up in this in this culture. Um, you know, really the, the sexual revolution of the 60s and um, what began as sort of a counter to legalism and even religion and even, you know, being told that we can't do this um, all of a sudden in the 60s and the 70s and the hippie movement, free love and just the roof blew off of the building, right? And um, since then... Um, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar porn industry, you know, that, that really has fueled the fueled things all over the earth and, and human trafficking and, and, and all of these things that are happening today as a result of what can of worms was opened up, you know, um, specifically in the sixties and the seventies and the sexual revolution is the greatest, the the most far reaching revolution that has ever uh, way beyond the auto industry, um, or any other industrial revolution that has taken place. The casualties of the sexual revolution are far reaching are, are, are far greater, um, than, than any other war that has happened. Uh, even the casualties and the lives that have been lost, the, this has impacted far more men have been impacted negatively because of the sexual revolution than even the casualties of, of maybe all the wars put together. And yeah, so you can feel the weight. You can feel the, the heaviness of this. You can feel as a, a godly man, as a man that desires to walk in holiness and righteousness, because as true men, as true men who, um, are living for Jesus, are living for not ourselves or our own pleasure, but ultimately to, to give him glory, then we have to, we must learn, um, we must study to be approved in this area. We must understand how to teach others, how to equip others to walk in, um, in the right context of expressing their sexuality. And, and how to do that, um, when to do that, when not to do that. So I know this is this episode is kind of uh, probably all over the place because this is just a, a wide topic, a wide topic. Um, and it's hard to talk about it without you thinking about your experience 
And whether your current experience or your past experience, um, you know, there's a lot of other questions that could come out of this. Um, you know, why, why should I not live with my girlfriend before marriage? Um, why should I not sleep around and why should I not look at porn? Why should I not masturbate? Um, great questions that are really important that, that, um, to think about and to consider and, and to answer appropriately. And maybe there'll be a space and a place to, to, to talk through those questions here in these episodes. But I just wanted to kind of introduce this, this whole area uh, to get us thinking about talking about it um, so that we can have ultimately, and especially uh, in the context of marriage, that we can actually have healthy relationships um, and healthy uh, a healthy sexual experience in that. But um, so I'm going to stop there for today. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground and I hope this has got you thinking. I hope this is something that you can talk to your friends about. You can talk to your accountability um, person about. You can talk to your wife about and just begin to ask the right questions. You know, since God created sex and he created pleasure, how does he want me to experience this? as a married man and as a single man, you know, how can I prepare? Um, what things can I do now that will equip me and prepare me to be a lover when I'm married and um, to, to manage this and handle this appropriately, um, to excel, to excel in this uh, as a man who completely loves his wife and completely in every area wants to be prosperous. And so, yeah, I bless you guys. And, um, I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying that this provokes you and stirs you in the right way <laughs> and not in the wrong ways, but I feel like it's really important to be open about it. I feel like it's important to talk about it. So that's what we're doing. Again, this is Hearts of Men. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to being here next week. Bless you guys.